Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM presents Stand with Candace Kelly. This show takes a look at social justice issues impacting society. Here's your host, Rowan University professor Candace Kelly. Upward Design for Life brings designs to homes to change lives. The organization collects gently used furniture items and furnishes the homes of those in need. Domestic violence survivors, refugees, and veterans get a home that they can really cozy up to. The company's founder, Dion Williamson, says people are deeply impacted by their surroundings. She remembers how her own mom's special touches in her home shaped her life. And she's joining us now to talk about her work and the leap of faith she took to give others some faith of their own. Dion, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I am glad to be here. Yes, you know, this this organization is is really important, not only because it helps so many people, but it gets down to the nitty gritty of just the basics of living and understanding your surroundings and how, as I said, people really are impacted by them. I want you to take us back to when you were growing up. Your mom was a real stickler about having things pretty and cozy and just welcoming. What did that translate into for you? Wow. You know, and growing up, you don't really think about it until you're older and you look back on your life. But uh, I always felt like home was that safe space. And my mom always made me feel safe. Both my parents did. Um, But my mother had a knack, a way of really making home feel good and safe and clean because of her upbringing. You know, and so for me, going home at the end of a day of school or what have you, it was always clean and comforting. And my mother was very good at taking secondhand items from the Goodwill or what have you to really make a comfortable and, and safe home. And I guess I just, it just, I picked up on it, you know, as I've gotten older and then really gained an appreciation and understanding of how valuable um, our surroundings are at home and how it can really impact our lives. I know that you do many things, but one of the things that you are an expert at is that you are an interior designer. I want to know where all of this kind of fused together, your knack and interest and, and, and what your mom taught you and your interior design and actually helping people like domestic abuse survivors and veterans. When did that all kind of mold together? Well, some time ago I had started um, a interior design business and it was so short-lived it's, it's ridiculous to even speak of <laughs> it, it, it it ended before it really got started and I was challenged with how to charge for my services and I understood that the people who I would probably most want to serve really couldn't afford the services of an interior designer and um and honestly it was a friend of mine who shared with me Uh, a link that she saw on Facebook some years ago of an organization based out of uh, Detroit that was doing something similar to this work. And I was so, uh, when I saw it, I knew, I knew Candace without a shadow of a doubt that that was what I was supposed to be doing. I was supposed to be using my skills and talent to serve in that way. And so I reached out to the organization to see if they would bring that concept to Buffalo. And no one actually uh, responded to my email. And so mm. I, I sat on the idea for a few years, actually, it must've been two or three years. 
And then I thought, you know what? I've never formed a nonprofit before, but I'm going to go ahead and give this a try. And um, I did my homework, though. That was key because I wanted to fill in a, a, a need that was not being met. And that need was not being met here in this area. And so I did my homework. I had already been an ambassador for the Family Justice Center for several years as a volunteer. And I knew of someone who I worked with in the hospitality industry who was a domestic violence survivor. And I sat down with her and told her what I was thinking about doing. And I asked her if if that service would have really benefited her as she was going through that difficult time in her life. And she said, Dion, had that been a resource that was available to me that would have made my transition to independence so much easier. And so I knew I was on the right track. And then I just decided in 2017 to form the nonprofit and I became a certified 501c3 at the end of 2017 and began operations in January of 2018. Wow. I just went for it. Yeah, yeah I just you went, just for, went it, but, for it. And sometimes that's yeah. what you have to do. You just have to take a yeah. chance. It's not going to knock at its door and your door and do it for you. Exactly. Exactly. I and I was that- still working a full-time job, but I, I, I did it. I understand that there were some people who you knew that were survivors of domestic violence, and I wanted mm-hmm. to know how that impacted or propelled your work. Well, what's interesting is that sometimes people are so quick to uh, to judge or have an, a vision of what someone should look like, right? People may think, oh, well, if someone was homeless, and that means they look like this. If someone is a domestic violence survivor, they must look or be like that. But they don't realize you could be working, going into work every single day and working right next to someone who's a domestic violence survivor. You could be working next to someone every day who is actually homeless. So you just never know whose lives you're going to impact. And this is why we have to be so sensitive to the things that we say and how we look or maybe judge people. Um, Because this particular person, I was not aware of her situation or her past situation. I just happened to find it in some research of my own. And then I spoke to her about it. And she was more than happy to speak to me and share her experiences. And that's why I knew that our work was um it was important it was needed you know it was needed you've worked on dozens of homes the clientele that you work with how do you connect with them and what is it that they normally need in their homes well, the way our process works, uh, initially when I started the nonprofit, and this is an ongoing process, it was very important for me to um, develop relationships with partner agencies here locally. Um, these would be the agencies that would refer their clients to us. So I did my research, reached out to various agencies to to explain the services that we were going to be providing. And of course, they didn't know who we were. We didn't serve anyone at the time. I'm just trying to make the introduction. And uh, I'm so fortunate and grateful that people began to understand our work. I've began to um, develop trust with them so that they knew that I was going to do my part to make sure that we showed their clients the respect and dignity that they deserved. And so we were able to start developing partner relationships with like Child and Family Services, the Erie County Department of uh, Social Services, the Family Justice Center, and the Buffalo City Mission, just to name a few. So those organizations, when they have 
a client that's going to be transitioning out of the shelter, they can refer that client to us. We provide them with a client referral form. Once we receive that form, uh, we then have to put that client on our waiting list. But once we get ready to serve them, um, I just do the initial reach out outreach to the uh, client, and I conduct a home visit where I get to actually see their space and see what their needs really are. Uh, nine times out of ten, we'll run across moms who are living with their children, whether it be one child or sometimes we've served a woman that has had eight, eight kids, and none of them are sleeping on the floor. So we definitely always want to make sure we're providing new beds, uh, mattresses, the uh, bedding, the whole nine. But we make sure that they have a comfortable sofa to, sl- to sit on. Uh, we stock their cupboards with dishes, uh, cookware, silverware. Uh, we're going to make sure we're hanging those curtains up because privacy is critical. Um, so sometimes our clients may have uh, garbage bags hanging up to their windows or sheets. So we make sure we hang up nice window treatments to give them the privacy that they need, but also beautify the space. So those are some of the things that we will make sure we do. We don't want them to worry about anything. We want them to know that this is one less thing they have to concern themselves with. We want them to sit down, we do the work, and we try to get the job done within two to three hours tops, and then we're out of there so that they can go on about their day. I think what's so interesting is that before COVID, you were doing this, And during COVID, we really got a very good understanding of what home means because we were all there. So I think think it's so interesting that, um, you know, you recognize and understood the value of just having a home that you could really call home, home Home, and lean into. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of people started to reach out to us because they were spending so much time at home. And then when they had time to like, hey, they're looking around thinking, okay, we need to take care of our space. So whatever whatever we don't need, we need to donate. So we were getting a lot of donation offers at that time. And due to COVID, I mean, we had to slow down our work, but yet we didn't stop completely. We did have to stop to re-strategize and make sure we were moving forward with all the precautions in mind. But once we got started again, uh, we were we were going full steam ahead, masks, and, and following all the, the right protocol. But the need was still very great. So we had to continue our work, especially at that time, because Speaking, people are stuck inside. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I know mm-hmm. I certainly made a lot of donations, and it was hard actually to donate to a lot of places because we were all inside and, and we had the same idea. I, at I, one point, your home was filled with microwaves and furniture, all <laughs> types of things. Take me back to the transition in terms of how you began collecting items and now what you do, because it sounds like you have a lot that's probably in storage at this time. Yes, it is. So, yeah, it is an interesting journey. It, it has been, and it's still a journey. So starting off, I we didn't have um, any storage space, so I converted my garage into a storage unit. So I cleared things out. I bought some shelving and then I started to, you know, keep in my garage bed linens and decor, cookware, dishes and things like that. And unfortunately at the time, 
um, I took in a stray cat um, and um, the cat decided to misuse my living room furniture, a very nice sectional I had. And if anyone who's ever had a cat knows that if the cat does anything that they're not supposed to do on that furniture, it's as good as gone. So we had to get rid of it. And so my living room, I didn't have any furniture at the time. <laughs> so I moved my Florida room furniture in, which was, was a wicker sofa, like a wicker couch and a couple of chairs. And that became the living room furniture for the time being. And because of that, I had plenty of space. So I started accepting donations and had dressers in my living room. Oh, my goodness. Um, I had wall um, floor lamps. I had wall decor. I had received a huge donation from one of the local hotels here. I had pictures. I had so much stuff in my house. It really was ridiculous. Microwaves stacked on top of each other as soon as you walked in my side door. There were donations in the kitchen, the the uh, living room, the dining room, even my son's room. Um, But I kept reminding my family that this is only temporary. Just be patient. It's only temporary. And sure enough, a colleague of mine at that time in my day job said, you know what? I know someone who has a family member that operates, um, that works at Life Storage, which is a local storage company. And so um, I reached out and They were so uh, gracious. They offered me the first six months free of a storage unit. And so what that allowed me to do was get all the bigger items out of my living room and dining room everywhere in the house and put those in the storage unit. And I kept my garage because that was for the smaller, more delicate items and the dishes and things like that. And so that's when, for the most part, I was able to gain my living room bag, get furniture <laughs> of my own, and have a place where we could sit down and kind of relax. Right. Um, but that has been the process. So now we have seven storage units, and they are filled with donations. You know, you wow. mentioned um, that you got six months free of storage. What other people have you collaborated with that kind of came by surprise where, you know, you go into something like this on a leap of faith. And what I found in speaking with a lot of people is that you find a lot of very interested collaborators who are willing to help along the way. Oh my goodness. Candace, I could really go on and on because I, I tell you, I know the universe is, is, is behind me. I know the universe is behind me because since I started this journey, although I've had some challenges, um, the people that have come into my life, it has been an enormous blessing. And so starting out, I really would have loved the assistance of an accountant. And I thought, well, you know, I can't afford an accountant. So I was doing all the books on paper, old school in the journal. Mm -hmm. um, And, you know, doing what you have to do. Um, And so uh, a magazine called Buffalo Magazine had reached out to me to do a story. It was, I believe at the end of 2018, they did a story on me. And then following that, I got a letter in the mail from a woman who said, you know what? I read the article. I am so impressed by what you were doing. And we had just started. I mean, it was just our first year. And um, she said, I, I want to offer two things. I can make custom window treatments. And I'm also a certified public accountant. And if you ever need help crunching numbers, please feel free to reach out. Wow. So I definitely took her up on the ladder. And I got to tell you, this woman, her name is Michelle LaPoma, and I have to call her out because Michelle has been 
um, so generous and helpful that I am beyond grateful for her. Um, she took the time. I mean, this woman invited me into her home. She trained me on how to use QuickBooks online. She took all of my 2018 entries, part of 19 entries, and she put them all into QuickBooks for me and showed me how to use it. And she has been with us still to this day. She not only donates her time, she makes financial contributions to our organization every year and throughout the year. She's paid for our QuickBooks online subscriptions. I mean, this, this is mm. just a, a piece of what people have done to support our organization. See, philanthropy is many things. People only think it's money, but philanthropy is so many different things, so many different ways you can support an organization. And this is just an example of the people who've come into my life to really help move our organization forward slowly, but surely we're getting where we need to get to. Amazing. The power of kindness. And when we come back, we're going to hear more with Dion and Upward Design for Life and the clientele that her organization serves. And we are back with Dion Williamson and her organization, Upward Design for Life, based in Buffalo, New York. You know, before we went to the break, we were talking about the power of kindness, um, people just really standing up and willing and wanting to give to your clientele. Um, can you talk to me, for example, maybe the veterans that you serve, you know, who are these types of people? Um, and I am sure that they are so grateful for your work. Yes. Well, to this date, we actually have not served a veteran. Okay. We, we want to serve veterans and we're working with some organizations, but we have not received a referral yet to serve a veteran. Um, we do serve domestic violence survivors, as you've mentioned, people who are refugees. We serve individuals, any individual that is transitioning from a homeless shelter. So whether they may have been veterans and we are not aware of that could very well be the case. Um, we work with individuals with physical and developmental disabilities. We even work with young adults who are aging out of foster care because those individuals are really making that start of independence and nine times out of ten they don't have anything as well. But for the most part, for all the people that we serve, when you're working with someone who's been in a shelter and we've served some individuals who've been in the shelters for maybe nine years, nine years. And when they get into their own place with some of them, this is the very first time they actually had a place of their own. And the idea of having furniture and nice furniture mm. to make their home finally feel like home is a game changer in terms of helping people get their dignity back, their self, um, their self-esteem and their sense of independence. It's critical. And for individuals who are domestic violence survivors, I mean, when you have a home that is completely furnished and you have all the basic needs met, those individuals are least likely to return to an abuser because they feel like now, okay, I have these essentials so I can feel confident moving forward. Without those things, sometimes they go right back to the difficult situations they were in before because they cannot afford to provide anything for their kids in their own place. And you must touch the kids in such a powerful way. As you talked about, everybody gets clean linen, a new bed. That is a huge deal. 
Oh my goodness. And children's spaces are my, my absolute favorite. I have three kids of my own. And when they were young, just for fun, I always loved decorating their spaces because it's, I think kids are supposed to have uh, great spaces, comfortable beds. How can we really expect a child to perform good in school when they haven't even slept well? And it's great to create a space where they can even come home and be excited about coming home and doing homework because they have a desk, a cool desk and a nice chair right in their own bedroom that they can sit and actually focus on some homework. Mm. Even for adults, you know, you can't perform well at school, at, at, on the job if you're not sleeping well. If you're worried about, you know, uh, uh, people coming by, you're embarrassed because your home is not what it, what it should be. I mean, that, that weighs a lot on the psyche. Um, of, of the mind of, of someone who's really trying to, to do better, but just can't at the time. Yeah. Now we have a few minutes left and I'm just very interested in finding out how you do make a lot out of a little, I know you do a lot of thrifting. I know you get a lot of donations. I know mm-hmm. you've even, I've read some articles where you talked about how your mom made a lot out of a little and made it look beautiful. Mm-hmm. What are some of the things that you do in order to transform places that people may not be thinking of doing, but kind of makes a big difference when it comes to interior design. The thing is, you have to think outside of the box. Um, sometimes uh, people may have uh, a, a, a something in mind where it just has to be this way or that way. Sometimes, Candace, the, the homes, the apartments in which we go in are not the best. So you really have to get creative. We've gone into homes where the apartment, the walls actually had holes in the wall. And in cases like that, I do talk to the client and say that they really need to speak to the landlord to get those things addressed. But in the meantime, our job is to furnish it. So sometimes we have to take uh, wall decor and cover up uh, holes in the wall. Um, you know, crazy things like that, just so that it, it doesn't, have an effect on the mindset of someone when they're living there. You know, at least it makes the space look nice until the the situations can be addressed. Um, We're really big about just using whatever we have and then bringing it together to make a cohesive look. And that's not always easy because we're going into storage, storage units that are filled with a variety of things that have come from so many different people. But yet it's picking the right items and bringing them together in a way to make it look like they were actually meant to be that way. Um, And always keeping the client in mind, what is their lifestyle? How do they live? And doing a furniture layout in a way that best suits the family's needs. Obviously, when we're gone, they can do whatever they want and how they transform the space again for themselves. But we try to listen to what their needs are and bring in things that will um, help them live a more comfortable and, and productive life at home. I, I want to make sure before we leave that you share with people how they can donate monetarily or give furniture. And you also depend on volunteers. How yes. can people give to your cause? Well, the best way is to visit us on www.upworddesignforlife.org. Uh, you can about our organization on our website. But on the Take Action page is where we show a list of the items we do and uh, we can and cannot accept in terms of furnishings and things like that. On that page, you will also see a link where you can sign up to volunteer with us. Um, And then other ways where you can make a financial contribution. Um, Because of the families we've served, we've been able to serve 65 families so far, and that's really wonderful. 
But the, the downside is, is that we have a waiting list. And right now, our waiting list has about 15 families on it. And we're only able to serve maybe two families a month because we, are, we don't have staff. We only have a team of volunteers. Not only, but we have a team of volunteers. So most of our work has to be done on the weekends. The financial support is what will allow us to continue to grow and hopefully bring on staff because we have a goal of serving 100 families annually by 2027. And we cannot do it without financial support. So we are appreciative of everything or anything someone can provide to help us move our mission forward. All right. And hopefully someone who is out there listening will do just that. I'm I'm yeah. really kind of smiling at the impact all of this is making on your kids who are seeing yeah. their mom do this and really transform lives. How have they responded to all of the events and changes going on in the house and how you're, you're helping people? Well, just so you know, my kids and my husband, they have been with me from the very beginning. They have done many of the furniture installation projects in the very beginning, my family. Um, so they, they weren't just watching me, but they're going in and, and doing the work as well. So I believe it's going to have or is having a a very powerful impact on their lives so that they can see how other people are living and then they can be grateful, reminded of how grateful they are to have a bed, to have a safe space to live in. And so they are now playing a role in giving that, providing that to someone else. So the impact, they may not even see the true value of this work until later on in life. But they've been right there with me from the beginning, mm-hmm. and I'm so grateful for them. Absolutely. Clearly, that torch is being passed on. I want to thank you yeah. so much for sharing with us what you are doing in your powerful work at Upward Design for Life. Dion Williamson, thank you for being with us today. And thank you for having me, Candice. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. And again, for those of you who want to donate to her organization, you can visit UpwardDesignForLife.org. <music> You've been listening to Stand with Candace Kelly. Please join us Saturday morning at 8.30 for another episode on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM and by searching for Rowan Radio on your favorite podcasting platforms.